Self-regulation is a popular term that has been getting a lot of attention. Many experts have studied the importance of self-regulation in children. It plays a key role in maintaining relationships with friends and family. But what is self-regulation? And how can parents help the child develop the skill? Welcome to Tomasic Foundation's My Mental Health podcast. In partnership with the Child Development Unit at National University Hospital, this series aims to share knowledge and tips on how to better support children with behavioural or developmental needs. If you are a parent, caregiver or teacher working with young children, this is for you. In this episode, we have Dr. Kalyani Mule and Ms. Chang Jingjing to help you understand the concept of self-regulation and provide tips on how you can support your child's self-regulation skills. Hi, Jingjing and Dr. Kalyani. Can you share more about yourselves, please? Sure. Um, I'm Jing and I'm an occupational therapist. And here with me, I have my colleague, Dr. Kalyani, who, who is a pediatrician. So both of us actually work at CDU and we see young children with self-regulation issues. Yeah, speaking of self-regulation, I'm also a mom of a teenager, which means I face a fair share of these <laughs> issues at home as well. Mm-hmm. It's really hard to get a kid to listen sometimes. <laughs> yeah, me too. You know, I've also, I also have two children, so I guess it's never really off work for the both of us. Yeah, self-regulation, I'm really seeing more and more children with these problems. Parents tell me they don't know how to manage their child's behavior like hitting, biting, screaming mm-hmm. or disobedience. Mm-hmm they find it really hard to calm them down and some then resort to caning to Mm. get their child to behave. But surely caning really doesn't help. Mm, No, you know, it really doesn't. But I mean, I guess self-regulation is a big concept though. But it is important. I do find that parents often have difficulties even understanding what self-regulation means. Yeah, I mean, um, I guess when I explain self-regulation to parents, um, usually I'll be talking about how we can control and manage our behavior in any situation. What you're saying is there are two parts. First, we must be able to find which triggers are giving us stress. Second, we have to adjust the way we behave to cope with these Mm. triggers in a way that is acceptable to the society. Yep, nicely put. Well, let me give you an example. So like driving, you know, do you drive? Yeah, yeah, I do. So I guess let's imagine that you're driving on a road and then a car carts in front of you suddenly. How would you feel? Super annoyed. Yeah, I mean, I know. So I guess people with good self-regulation skills would also notice that they're annoyed. But I guess the difference is that they would take deep breath and they would calm their nerve and probably ignore the situation. But, you know, drivers with poor self-regulation skills, you know, they would quickly escalate and they might become angry and I've seen some that were honking and they might drive past and shout abuses. I mean, worse come to worse, um, we have road rages. <laughs> yes, I think we agree that self-regulation is important for adults. Absolutely. Yeah? And I would say it's definitely important to teach this to our young children. Mm, spot on. I mean, young children, they really need to learn how to self-regulate so that they can learn and have friends. They need to be able to do things like follow instructions, pay attention in class, sit still in order to learn. I mean, after all, you actually really need to be calm so that you can learn better, right? Yes, most certainly. And also, I guess, talking about friends, I mean, you don't really like to make friends with people who hit or shout at you. Yeah, that's right. But it's not easy for a young child to self-regulate. Even we adults struggle with this at times. 
as I am saying this, I do feel that parents may not really know what to expect in terms mm. of self-regulation for their child. Mm -hmm. I mean, funny you say that because, you know, sometimes I also forget myself, so <laughs> I'm quite guilty. <laughs> so, um, as mentioned, I do have two children, so I do learn quite a lot from them. So, my younger daughter, she's two, and she's currently going through this phase where she's trying to be independent like us adults. So, I would see her getting frustrated and she would cry when things don't go her way. <laughs> That's so cute. You know, this is a normal behavior for a two-year-old where they don't quite understand their emotions yet. Mm, good to know. <laughs> but Jing, you said you have two. What about the other one? My son, he's four. And, you know, recently I actually noticed that he's starting to express his needs more and he's having more control over his emotions. So um, there was one time I actually saw him getting annoyed with his sister and he actually walked around the house and he started to take deep breath. You know, but it's not perfect all the time and, you know, he still needs reminders. Of course, the older they get, the less help they need. Well, you know, speaking of triggers, I've heard that many parents have the misconception that, you know, young children actually do not get stressed. But that is not true, right? Young children do have stressors mm. just like adults and they come in many forms. You probably have noticed that your child becomes crankier when they are hungry mm -hmm. or sleepy. These are called physiological mm -hmm. stressors. Okay? Mm -hmm. Sometimes the environment they are in can be too distracting or too stimulating. Mm. Well, yeah, I mean, I guess like noisy or messy environments. Yeah. Or it can be that the worksheets are too difficult and they don't know how to ask for help. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Or they may feel overwhelmed by too many enrichment classes they have to attend. Having said that, relationships also play a part in their stress. Mm. Well, I guess like separation anxiety from their parents. And, oh, you know, recently about bullying, you know, I've actually heard that Young children actually do get bullied in school. And it's important to remember also that not all children will find the same thing to be stressful about. Mm. They also respond differently to different stressors. For example, with the same stressors, some children may shout and mm -hmm. some may become very quiet. And when children cannot cope with their stressors, that's when they tend to use their behaviors mm. to communicate. So I guess then as a parent, you know, when we see a behavior change in our child, then I guess we should really ask what they are feeling stressed about. Correct. And sometimes they may tell you, sometimes they may not be able to tell you. Are there any strategies, Jing, that you usually share with parents to teach them self-regulation? Well, I guess children are not quite born with these skills, so they actually need to be taught and given opportunities to practice. So, you know, when young children are actually experiencing stress, you know, what they really need at this time is, you know, the support of adults they trust. You know, adults that can soothe them, to help them think rationally, so that they can actually learn how to manage this stress um, in the future. And this entire process is actually called co-regulation. As parents, it's important that we listen to our children, be tuned in to their needs, mm -hmm and respond in a consistent and sensitive manner, right, to support yep. their self-regulation. Over time, children will learn how to regulate their emotions more and more independently. Yeah, and I guess we can't actually really expect children, you know, below the age of seven to be able to stay calm and regulated all the time. It's, it's just not possible. And, you know, they're probably going to need help from an adult. Yeah, and to teach self-regulation, parent needs to start with co-regulation. 
Yeah, I mean, I guess now we should share three tips to our listeners on how we can actually co-regulate our children. Yeah. So the first and foremost, relationships. Ah, uh, yes, relationships are definitely important for co-regulation. Yeah, I mean, in fact, you know, the foundation to actually teaching children and managing their behavior actually stems from having a very good parent-child relationship. Having a positive relationship with your child, right? It can make them feel safe so that they can learn from their mistakes too. Mm. I mean, I guess, you know, most commonly, punishment such as caning, you know, does actually have an immediate effect. But, you know, it really actually teaches the child how to fear us. And, you know, sometimes they will also try to cover up their mistakes that they make and to avoid the consequences. Correct. Caning can make positive parenting really hard. Also, you know, the children, they will learn this behavior from their parents and they may shout or hit someone to get their own way. Yeah, I know I've seen so much of that. So, you know, it's really important to actually build those positive relationships with your child. Yeah, and also every child is different. They have different temperaments, different strengths and different needs. As, our, as their parents, we know mm-hmm. our child the best. So I guess the question then is, what can you do to build those positive relationships? So, I mean, one of the things that I do as a parent is to make myself available to my children when they need me. And actually, I find that, that it really does help to build <laughs> those positive relationships. So, you know, I try to spend time with each child doing things that they like. So, like reading books, playing toys, playing games. And of course, you know, when they're crying, I would definitely take the time to listen to them and soothe them. Mm. And what about yourself? My kids are older, right? So, I try and squeeze in one-on-one time with them when I'm either dropping them off or picking them up from their classes. During this time, right, I will consciously put away my handphone so that they have my 100% attention. Wow. Well, I guess looks like we both <laughs> agree that having that special time with your child is actually important in building those positive relationships. Yes, absolutely. Jing, you mentioned though that you're soothing your child when they're upset. Mm-hmm. That's very interesting because most of the time parents don't really yep. want their child to cry. Mm-hmm. What are some ways that parents can try soothing their crying child? You know, my son, he does cry quite frequently. So, <laughs> um, But, you know, I never really tell him to not cry, even though I am tempted at times. But I guess crying is actually quite a good way to relieve stress yeah. and it's also one of a coping strategy. So, you know, when you're soothing a child, it really means trying to support them to calm down. Yeah, it's also important not to try and teach or yeah. talk sense into them, right, during this time. Anyway, they are not going to mm. listen when they are crying or agitated. Yeah, you know, I usually find that when they're agitated, the best way is speaking in a calm voice like this, um, hugging them tight and swaying them slowly from side to side rhythmically can really help to actually calm them down. Mm. And of course, I would also acknowledge um, what they have to say and validate how they are feeling. So mm. I guess you can try to label their emotions first so that they actually feel understood. And then you can do the teaching later. Mm-hmm. Like, uh, for example, I know that you're upset at your sister because she snatched your toy. That could be a good start, right? Yeah, yeah, definitely. I guess parents often misunderstand that, you know, when you are validating their feelings, it does not mean that actually they're accepting their behaviors. They're quite different mm-hmm. things. I mean, every child is very different. So, you know, there'll be a lot of different ways that every child would prefer to be soothed. Mm-hmm. And parents would definitely know it because they know their child the best. Yeah. 
And any, another good way to build positive relationship is um, praising, praising your child when mm -hmm. they show good behaviors. Yeah, all children love to be praised. Yeah, you know, sometimes even my child, they want all they want is attention. So whether it's good or bad. So I guess giving a child positive attention would definitely help to reduce those disruptive and negative behaviors. Mm, sometimes though, it is hard to praise the good behavior when the bad behavior is always so obvious. It is something that you have to be mindful about and take an effort to do it. Yeah, I mean, you can start by praising the simple things first. Like, you know, I'm so proud of you sitting nicely and waiting mm. for your turn. Mm, to add to it, be trustworthy. If you make a promise to your child, you must keep it. Mm. That way, they know that you can be trusted. Yeah, that's so important. Well, the second tip is to set routines. And routines are important because it helps your child to feel safe because they know what is expected. Correct. Routines are important, especially for sleep and meal times. Too much screen time, it can also cause self-regulation problems right. in children of all ages, right? Especially mm -hmm. under fives. Having an outdoor time where a child can play and run about is important to give their brain a boost. Mm. But, you know, when outdoor play, it's not possible, then I guess parents can also encourage yeah. their child to do movement exercises safely within the house. Yeah. Um, well, the last tip that I'm going to share is about creating opportunities to teach self-regulation. Hey, do you know that, right, right? when young children, um, they actually learn by copying their parents? Yes. Which is why having a parent model these positive coping strategies is so powerful. When parents share their feelings and their stressors to their kids, right, then kids know that even grown-ups have these feelings and it's okay to have them. Mm -hmm. So for parents out there, do not be afraid to share <laughs> your feelings. Yes, um, don't be afraid, that's right. And also, I guess you can um, teach simple strategies like deep breathing yeah. that really helps. Well, most importantly, um, it is important for parents to have to manage their own self-regulation first before we can teach them. Mm. I mean, I guess if we can't really manage our own self-regulation, then we can't really expect our child to actually learn how to self-regulate either. <laughs> That's right. Yeah, you know, sometimes when my son is screaming his head off, it is definitely easier to just shout at him though. But it really takes more effort for me to be really mindful of my own emotions and be regulated. Because yeah, that you. way then I feel like I can actually teach him how to calm down and then he can also learn too. Um, you know, Kayani, you say that your son is a little bit older, he's a teenager. So have you noticed any coping strategies that he has learned from you? Yeah, you know, since he was young, I have taught him importance of keeping healthy routines like eating on time, sleeping on time doing outdoor play, this is part of his self-care. These activities help to keep him calm. What about you? Okay, so I, I actually drink water when I am uh, feeling stressed, so I use it to calm down. And actually, I do model it that to my son. So um, surprisingly, recently, I actually realized that he actually learned that from me. So, you know, now he will always ask for milk or water in the morning when he gets upset or grouchy. Then after his drink, <laughs> he actually feels a lot better. <laughs> These are really good strategies and tips. Any last advice? Well, yes. So one last thing, I think, you know, when your child is able to self-regulate, remember to praise them because this will really encourage them to self-regulate by themselves more, right? Yeah. Self-regulation plays a fundamental role in emotional well-being. The first five years of life are crucial in building skills that can last a lifetime. Today, 
Ting and I have discussed three tips, building positive relationships, setting routines, and modeling positive coping strategies to help you in your journey of supporting and teaching self-regulation to your child. We hope that these tips will help you build strong foundations for your child's development. So for parents out there, remember to be patient with yourself and your child. Give them time to learn instead of expecting them to respond immediately. Do note that the information shared in this podcast is meant purely for educational purposes and should not be used as a substitute for medical diagnosis or treatment. If you find it difficult to support your child's behaviour and self-regulation, speak to your doctor or a paediatrician specialising in child development. Thanks to our guests, Dr. Kalyani and Ms. Chang Jingjing from the Child Development Unit at the National University Hospital. To our listeners, I hope you enjoyed our podcast. For more resources on supporting children with behavioural or developmental needs, check out the website mymentalhealth at stayprepared.sg slash mymentalhealth and click on the tab My Loved Ones. NUHCDU also has lots of resources for children on their website at nuh.com.sg slash cdu. And until next time, stay safe and stay strong. This podcast is brought to you by Tomasic Foundation and the Child Development Unit at the National University Hospital.